0: Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey.
1: How self and socially aware are you? Think you have a good grasp on your strengths and weaknesses? Can you read a room quickly and make adjustments in your communication approach? Today on episode 49 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, I'm doing a solo episode on maximizing and modifying your personality style, a huge element of personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. I like to size people up in coffee shops while I wait for my client to appear. I've even written a a script for a funny video of the four animal personality styles ordering coffee. You've got the lion who rips the door open and strides to the counter, loudly barking their order while looking at their watch and tapping their foot. The otter makes a show of their arrival, saying hi to everyone and talking about their weekend with the barista, getting excited about the special of the day. Golden Retrievers walk in meekly, always allowing others to go first, making a genuine ask about the barista's sick child, and then taking forever to order, staring at the menu for a few minutes. And the beaver pulls out their coupon on the way to the cash register, precisely ordering the same drink yet again, keeping a tally of how many days they've kept up their streak and logging their loyalty points. Ah, the quirky people we are. You know, why is learning about personality style so important? Well, I think first of all, it's self-awareness and social awareness. I heard it said that not being self-aware is like an accident looking for an intersection. Yeah, it's just eventually going to be a wreck. It's the number one characteristic of CEOs making $50 million or more per year. And you and I may not make that much, but hey, that's saying something if that's the number one leadership characteristic of CEOs that are that rich, hmm, something for us to consider. It's also another good reason. Awareness is the greatest agent for change, says Eckhart Tolle. So the more aware we are, the better we're going to be flexible and and agile in so many different situations. I think another reason uh, that the personality styles are so important is for team building. If you know The other personality styles of your team, you can modify your style to best get buy in from them and work together harmoniously with a lot of unneeded conflict. And then a third reason about learning about personality styles is customer and client relationships. If you can size up your customer or client very quickly, you can make those adjustments needed to match their style because each style wants something different. And they want something different from the person who is serving them. So a lot of great reasons for that. Now we could have done a whole bunch of different styles because I love assessments. You've heard me say that before on the podcast, we could have done the birth order, whether you're the oldest, which is usually over-responsible or the youngest, the baby of the family usually gets away with murder. Maybe was the class clown uh, or the middle child that uh, nobody cares about. Anyways, just kidding. If you're a middle child, you're a very great diplomat and often, uh, can really settle down a situation because you stayed out of trouble that the oldest and youngest got into. We could have done a learning style assessment where you're an audio learner, a visual learner, or a kinesthetic learner. There's only about 15% of audio learners to talk out loud. They like maybe sermons or podcasts. They really listen to verbal instructions while the visual learners make up the majority of people. There are 60% of us are visual learners. They're drawing on whiteboards and pulling out napkins. And they love diagrams and flow charts. And then the kinesthetic learners, 25% of the world are those. And they like hands-on. They've got to put their hands on the new software if they are learning it or uh, the tool that they're building their deck with. We could have done the chronotype. Have you heard of that one before? Your sleep patterns, whether you're a morning person, an afternoon person, or a night owl, right? Most of the, of the population, 55% are morning people. They get at it right away. There's the night owls that catch second wind at midnight. Doesn't really help them at work, but you know, they still enjoy their time there with their second wind. And then I'm actually an afternoon person. I like a good one o'clock meeting. Yes. Takes me a while to get ramped up. And then after that, it's all downhill, right? But personality styles, especially these animal personality styles that we're going to be talking about today are just fun. And I think they're one of the best ways, the quickest ways to, like I said, build your self-awareness, build your team, and help you with your client relationships. Your personality is the face that you show the rest of the world. And oftentimes, I show a slide when I'm doing this uh, presentation of the things that people say Most often, or they think in their head, like, this needs to be better organized, or this, we need to take some action on this right now, or this isn't fun. I'm bored. You know, and each one of those are already giving you an indication of what personality style you are, because you've said that a lot in your life. Now, how did I start on this journey? Well, my first leadership position, as I told you back on episode one, uh, that was an elementary school principal after I was a teacher for just a couple of years. And I was a very young leader at 26. And I am a golden retriever beaver, which we'll explain in a few minutes. And I had a whole staff of lions <laughs> and uh, as teachers. And that was very difficult for me because they're opposite styles. And I had to learn that people didn't want to be crammed into my mold. I had to adjust my style to reach them where they were. So that was learning the hard way that not everyone is the same style and you can't just do a one size fits all approach as a leader. You got to lead everybody differently. Then I moved into the church side of things, became a family pastor. And then while I was a family pastor, uh, more duties were added to my job where I got into premarital education before officiating weddings, which I could still do by the way. And in that premarital education, I would give little mini assessments to the couple so that they could learn more about each other. We were trying to get everything on the table as possible before the wedding day because people spend way more money on their wedding than they do in preparation for their marriage, which I think is backwards. So I always appreciate the couples that came in for premarital that really wanted to do marriage well. And the personality style assessment was one of those tools that I used. And then somewhere along the line, I just learned I can't change another person. I can only control myself. It's the old Stephen Covey circle of concern, which is all the things we worry about in life. 85% of those don't come true, probably closer to 95%. And then he draws a circle in the middle called the circle of influence. And these are the things that are within our control. That's often called the external locus of control versus the internal locus of control. And you just feel like you've got more uh, personal power if you focus on that internal locus of control, the things that are within your power to do something about and stop worrying about those things that you just got to let go of, that you can't control. So you help your leader, if you have a boss right now, set the climate for your team relationship. So again, you can't change other people but you can influence them. And one of the best ways is live the best version of you that you can. So I'm going to, in this podcast, take you on a little journey of the four animal personality styles. It was made famous, I don't know how famous it was, but uh, Gary Smalley and John Trent in one of their books, The Two Sides of Love. It was a marriage book. Somewhere in the middle of that book, there was a chapter on this. I don't know if they ever made it famous or big, but now you can find the survey on the internet you can go to my website growingforwardservices.net and take the little personality quiz on the homepage there and uh, i want to give them the credit cuz they came up with the the styles for sure and then people like florence littower and others also talked about uh, personality styles some temperament things so i've culminated a lot of that stuff together they get all the credit and uh, i just want to get this message out to the world because i think it's a game changer for people So do take that assessment, but if you haven't taken it yet, uh, I want to do a quick run-through of the four styles. You tend to have a primary and a secondary style, although you're a blend of all four of them. So if you take the little quiz and you come out even on all four, I like to say you're either perfectly balanced or schizophrenic, and you can ask the people around you which one you are, and uh, they'll tease you with uh, probably the second of those two. Uh, But usually we default back to two of them, usually under stress that even if we are trying to be someone that we're not, uh, possibly to become more professional or we feel like our workplace or our clients need us to be or our family needs us to be someone that's out of our comfort zone, we're going to fall back onto those two styles in a pinch. So let me uh, just do a quick overview so you can put yourself in a couple of these categories as you listen to the rest of the podcast today. So first of all, is the lion personality style. They are the drivers in the group. They are problem solvers. They're bold. They speak very directly. Uh, they they love to make decisions. They're, they're natural leaders. They have a strong will, very pull themselves up by the bootstraps, self-reliant kind of folks, very action oriented. They hate when they're just talking about stuff. They're like, we're going to make the call on this and we're going to do it right now. So, they really like having authority and they often like being bossy and taking charge. Now, each one of these styles has strengths. And then, if you take any of those strengths to an extreme and you put the two in front of it, T O O, in front of any of those good traits, you can make them into a weakness. An overdone strength becomes a weakness. The lion's weaknesses are they can be too busy, sometimes workaholics. They can be seen as insensitive, like, eh, we'll care about the feelings later. we got stuff to do. Um, They are stubborn people. They like to dig in their position and not yield, which could be good. But again, overdone can be a weakness. Um, They don't really care about getting things done with other people. They're not really team-based. They're very autonomous, and uh, they'll get stuff done by themselves. They don't like to flex with change. They can be very demanding, cracking the whip and raising the bar always, and they're seen as impatient or pushy. They're switching lanes on the freeway. They're switching lines in Costco just to save another minute or two. So do you have a lot of lion in you is my first question for you. Let's move on to the otter personality style. Otters are very enthusiastic. They're just bright, cheer- cheerful, cheerful optimistic people. They're visionaries. They're inspiration. They're going to jump up on the box and say, you can't take our freedom. Uh, Super fun, loving. They're always laughing and smiling. They like to be promoters and salespeople and motivators. Lots of energy. They can go from party to party and just keep getting more energy. So typically extroverted. Uh, They want to know who's coming to the party, right? They're very grouped. And team oriented, they love change. They don't like being in that cubicle for too long. And super creative, great innovators, great brainstormers. Now, overdone strengths for the otter is they um, they can be a little impulsive, right? Maybe even do something dangerous or foolish because they haven't thought it through. They can daydream a lot, which again could be good for brainstorming, but also they don't like to finish stuff. They they don't like to follow through with tasks. They like the start of things. Um, They're not serious very often. So some people have to say, can you just be serious for a minute? I'm trying to communicate something. They have to be careful that uh, they are not focused. So sometimes they get accused of having ADD. Some of them do have it. Need a lateral, right? Um, So they can be pie in the sky with their unrealistic expectations. One of my clients used to say, uh, unicorns frolicking in the meadow and they're usually the messiest of the four styles. They just drop their clothes wherever they are and they drop their cups where they are and they drop their papers where they are because that's just a little detail. So do you have otter as one of your top two styles? Let's go on to the golden retriever. Golden retrievers are very sensitive people. They're great team players. So they're always thinking about other people's feelings, very loyal, almost to a fault calm in their personality. So while the lions and the otters go up and down like an EKG machine, not the golden retrievers, you can expect the same mood just about every day. They don't make demands on people. They're always like, you go first. No, really, you go first. Very patient. People just sit in their office and dump their whole life story on these folks. They like their routines. They really don't like change. And they like keeping the peace, which again, can be a negative pushed out of balance. Uh, but typically, they're warm and relational people. Very good one-on-one and great listeners. If they do get pushed out of balance, um, they, their strengths become weaknesses, and they can get their feelings hurt easily because they're they're empaths. They really th- feel deeply about everything. They can miss opportunities because they don't jump into action right away. They lack enthusiasm enthusiasm for change, and so people wonder on the team, like, "Are you with us? Are you not with us?" They can easily be taken advantage of and be a pushover because again, they're they're deferring to everybody else and uh, then nobody takes their, their input seriously and they can get resentful. They can become in a rut too easily. They don't have a lot of friends, but they have a few deep ones and it's really hard for them to make a decision. So that is the golden retriever. Do you have that primarily in you or secondarily in you? The fourth one is the beaver personality style. Strengths of the beaver, they're very perfectionists, which again can be a weakness pushed out of balance. But uh, on a good side, they could be really pursuing excellence, which is great. They love the details. They love reading instruction manuals, accuracy, precision. They always have their checkbook balance. They're always time managed to the minute. You can count on them to be the same every day with their consistency and their systems. They love that word systems. By the way, um, they're reserved people, also on the introverted side. They love to keep their desks clean, everything in its place. Very practical and conscientious. They're great in finance departments because they keep the books balanced, and um, you know, money doesn't push back like people do. <laughs> so they they really like their tasks. So when they get pushed out of balance, their strengths become weaknesses. When they become too controlling you know they've researched things to death so they have their way and if you don't like their way oftentimes they don't like you because you're not going along with them they are very methodical so that could mean that they're slow and have a hard time finishing both because they're perfectionist and because they feel like they have to work their system to the nth degree beavers have to be careful that they're not too critical or strict because if they're critical of themselves in their own mind which they typically are then that oozes out on everybody else. And then they're critical and frowning and uh, making other people feel less than. Um, They can be seen as boring uh, because they don't like variety or spontaneity. They like things to always be the same. So they have to be aware of being stuffy and serious and not taking any adventures. Uh, They also have to be careful of not being inflexible uh, or being a wet blanket on new opportunities that like the otter is putting on the table for the team to consider. So do you have beaver as one of your top two? Again, you're a blend of all of them, but you have two that are usually the lens to that you're going to be looking through most of your life at. And that hopefully you'll look at the rest or listen to the rest of this podcast that way, because we want to now determine how to dial up our strengths and how to dial down our weaknesses. I like that that uh, sort of metaphor of the dial, right? Because it's not like you're turning on or off a light. It's more nuanced in your uh, personality style. That's why I call it maximizing and modifying your personality style. If that makes sense. So we want to bring out the best in you and in your style. Okay. So let's do that first with the otter style and don't turn turn out or fast forward the podcast if it's not your style, because, It's also helping you be more socially aware of the people that are not like you on your team or in your family, because that might be the biggest takeaway from this podcast episode for you is how do I work with these other people that are not like me? Because they're always wrong. (laughs) No, they're not wrong. They're just different. So it's really important to be able to understand where they're coming from so you can work with them better. Okay. Otters. Uh, Tips for the otters are face reality life isn't always a party (laughs) they have the quick wit um but sometimes it makes it hard to be serious i used to um lead a small group and it was a group of a lot of golden retrievers and beavers and then i invited a couple of my otter friends into the group and it just made the group sort of go crazy (laughs) not crazy but i mean way more talkative a lot more laughter a lot more fun they just opened everybody up which i was sort of hoping that they would do uh, otters need to have a personal calendar and keep an updated schedule. Now, it's if they remember to write on it, right? Because otters don't like to write down things or make lists. So maybe a better tip for the otters is to surround themselves with planners. Because planners will keep the otters on track. So they they usually need an assistant who's very organized or a teammate or a success partner that, uh, or a spouse that keeps them on track. They need to make easy to follow schedules because the more complicated it is, the less motivated they are to follow it. There are the people that have like a million apps on their phone, but unless it's easy to figure out, they're probably not going to do it. <laughs> Find someone who will hold you accountable, Otters. Like I said, a success partner, someone who's for you, loves you in your style because we all love to have Otters as friends because you make us laugh. But uh, you also need someone who's going to help you with accountability. Actually, we need that for all of our styles. Get to the point in conversation. Limit details. Okay, otters are the best storytellers of the four styles, right? But there are a lot of the other styles that need to get stuff done. And if you're always telling a story, um, people are looking at their watches and they need to move on. So don't uh, hold them hostage with your story. Plan variety in each day if you're an otter. Or you literally will feel like a caged animal. Otters are not great in cages, they're better in aquariums. And uh, I think this is good for all of us that we need to plan stuff every week that are in our passion zone. The things that give us joy and fill up our emotional tank. Be on time, otters. Aim to be early. Otters are on California time. Sorry if you live in California. I did for a while. And uh They called it being fashionably late to everything. You never wanted to be first, but some people have busted their tails to get to the meeting on time. So let's honor them and not come strolling in with jokes saying like, Oh yeah, me again. No, it's respectful to be on time. And I actually had a client who worked very hard for a year to be five minutes early to every meeting. It was hard for her to do that, but she actually accomplished that goal. And it was way better than coming in with her hair on fire every day And sort of getting caught up by everybody else around her. And she was losing out on the social aspect. So try to be early or on time. Otters finish what you start or delegate so that you can keep your commitments. Otters love to say yes. They get the ball rolling. They love the start of stuff. It's inspirational. It's action oriented. Yay. And then they yawn and go you know, this is starting to feel humdrum. Who can I hand this off to? And so so otters really need to count the cost before they say yes to things because they will get bored eventually. So you want to make sure they're in for the long haul. Listen more and talk less if you're an otter. Hey, two ears, one mouth, probably for a reason. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. You know, the more words we say, the more chances to put our foot in our mouth. So a closed mouth gathers no foot. I think is the old saying. <laughs> Draw others out with your questions because you love stories. So join in other people's stories, ask them questions, and then totally get into their stories. They will love that. Put things back in the same place every time. Remember, I said otters are the messiest style. Not that you like systems otters, but you know they could become habits that could save your life someday. You know, uh, I married an otter. And so we are constantly looking for car keys. Again, I'm a beaver, so the car keys go on the key rack, right, beavers? But uh, it's always looking for car keys. So in a hurry, when we're in a rush, we're looking for car keys, and uh, that could could be dangerous. So have some systems, and then tone down your volume of speech and laughter. While you're comfortable in the spotlight, you might have to dim it just a little bit, because some people can be uncomfortable with that. Some don'ts for the otters, don't interrupt or add to people's stories. Again, just why am I talking? Keep asking yourself, wait, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? Why am I talking? Don't laugh everything off because you get hurt too. So maybe say a word like, ouch, and people go like, oh, did I offend you? And you're like, yeah, sort of. And then you can have the crucial conversation. Don't walk into a room talking if you are an otter. And don't overcommit yourself to too many projects. Remember, you love to be part of the action. It's just who you are. But one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be completely over your head. And now there's not enough hours in the day to keep those commitments. And people are going to think you're a flake and you don't want to have that reputation. So make sure you filter um, through the margin you have in your life. And are you able to handle it before you say yes to opportunities? Okay, So if you are an Otter, hopefully that was helpful to you. And if you work with or live with an Otter, hopefully that explains a little bit more about them and ways that you can help sharpen them so that they are better team players. So let's take a break right here. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me at my website, growingforwardservices.net, or on the socials, as they say, Instagram and Facebook, at Growing Forward Services. And uh, you can go to Growing Forward Services on LinkedIn or Paul D. Casey. And that's the best ways to reach me. We're going to come back after the break and we're going to head into talking about the lion, the golden retriever, and the beaver, some do's and some don'ts, things to dial up, things to dial down. And again, if you live or work with these folks, it's part of your personal leadership development to find out what makes them tick. So stick around and uh, we'll learn more about our personality styles.
0: If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and, of course, interaction with Paul and other industry teams team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more, and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at GrowingForwardServices.net. That's GrowingForwardServices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today.
1: And we're back to the Grow Forward Today podcast. I'm Paul Casey doing a solo episode today on maximizing and modifying your personality style. One of my favorite in-person talks to do with Teams When they bring me in for a lunch and learn or a half day training, I love to do this one. This is the one where I can ham it up the most in front of a crowd. Uh, We get get everybody laughing because we're such quirky people and everybody's pointing fingers at each other in a fun way or saying like, yeah, that is so me. And uh, it's a lot of fun. If you want me to do that presentation for your team, uh, look me up at Growing Forward. Uh, at paulcasey.org, and I would love to uh, do this presentation for your team. We can do it virtually or in person. So we just talked about the otter personality style, some do's and don'ts to bring out the best in their personality style. Let's move on to the lion style. Lions, I'm going to encourage you to be the first to apologize. And why am I only telling the lions this? Well, they're the ones that don't like to apologize the most. I uh When I teach on Uh, receiving feedback, I teach the lead principle, which is to listen, empathize, apologize, and then discuss. Lions like to dive right in with the discussion and sort of take over the conversation. So the apologize part is a big deal for the lion. People get out uh, the voice recorders when a lion says, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Like, whoa, let's document this day because it doesn't happen very often, but it shows humility. Humility. Lead, don't push, Lions. Dwight Eisenhower said banging people over the head is called assault, <laughs> not leadership. So it'd be better to inspire people into action than push them. Develop a plan of encouraging others, Lions, uh, whether it's verbal or written encouragement. And it's not that you're not an encouraging person, it's just that you're moving so fast that you often forget to say thank you and to turn around and comment on somebody's new haircut or their work ethic or how they've contributed to the fundraiser or whatever. So you may have to plan it. Literally put into your Outlook calendar or Google calendar, uh, write encouraging note. And so when it pops up on your calendar, you decide to do something about it. Think about who needs encouragement. Lions admit existence of your own faults and weaknesses. I know you don't wanna do that because it makes you look vulnerable, but hey, everybody knows that you have them. So admitting them, just makes everyone not talk behind your back anymore. (laughs) Because it's like, oh, he knows. Oh, she knows. That's great. And that just makes you more human and not on a pedestal. Issue a request instead of an order. Can you hear the difference in those two words? A request instead of an order, right? It's like, you still got to speak the truth because you're a lion. You're always going to speak the truth. You can't not do that, but you're going to do that in love, right? You're going to, you're just going to, it's, it's like a velvet hammer, right? You're still going to be the hammer that you are, but uh, you're going to wrap it in velvet. Greet people with a warm smile. So you uh, lions and the beavers have sort of a resting frown face. <laughs> and It's no, nothing personal. It's just your form of an intense personality style. So when you smile, it makes a big difference that, oh, he's approachable. That's great. If it's not your problem, stay out of it. I like to think of this on the Discovery Channel, you know, when they show the Serengeti and there's a bunch of wildebeest walking along and they show a lion in the bushes and, you know, something's going to go crazy here in a minute or they wouldn't have filmed it. And as soon as the lion jumps up, what happens? Oh, there's like a massive chase scene, right? There's animals running everywhere. They're diving in the water. The lion's trying to isolate the one by itself. And it just goes crazy. And that's what happens when lions get involved in conflict situations or the drama in the office when they don't need to. It just makes things worse. So stay on your side of the street, Lions, with that. Uh, Let people offer opinions without cutting them off or putting them down. So uh, Lions brains are going faster than the other three styles. So and you're a bottom line person and it can seem a little curt or demeaning unintentionally if you cut people off or try to finish their sentences for them or put them down. So be careful of that. Realize others may be right. Huh. Yes, maybe once a year. Because um, you're very knowledgeable, Lions. And uh, it's, but they get, again, voice recorder when somebody says to them, you're right. <laughs> because they like to be right most of the time. Also listen to what people are saying to you, then allow your heart to open. So you might have to uh, dial up your listening skills. Allow others to be who they are because nobody wants to be squeezed into a mold. Lions really like it when people say yes to them, because it's like, oh, great, you're going to go along with my plans. And then when they say no or wait, they're like, wait, now we have a problem. No, no, let people still speak their mind. Look for ways to validate the creativity of others, because when you validate someone, Lions, that compliment goes a long way, because people know that it's not natural for you to give compliments I mean, I've known people that have kept a little three by five positive note card from a lion boss on their filing cabinet magnet for years because it was the only one they got from that person. It made a big deal. Learn to compromise and cooperate with others. So all of these styles have a tame and an untamed side, right? The tame is when you're in your strength zone. The untamed is when you just sort of let your shadow side take over and uh, the The tame side for the lion is when you're compromising and cooperating, working with others, not the dark side. Learn to relax so you won't become a workaholic. So lions are known for going to their beach house and they're on the beach with their laptop open, ignoring their family while they're still working on vacation. So remember, your drivenness is not always appreciated by your family and the people around you. It sometimes makes them uncomfortable if you've ever worked for a workaholic before, you know that it feels oppressive. I had a boss once that I had my first sick day at the company and he called me within a half hour of, of me calling in and said, where are you? I'm like, uh, I am I have a sick day. Well, what do you have? I, I don't know, mucus, phlegm, you know, uh, when are you coming back? I'm like, I don't know. I, it's only been 30 minutes, right? I haven't been to the doctor. haven't even played out the day yet, but I realized I found out later that he had never taken a sick day. He never, he didn't even believe in sick days, which I'm glad in COVID, that's probably one of the best things about it is that people are now more self-aware of if they're sick, they need to stay home. But he didn't believe that. So being a workaholic, yeah, we, we, we would slip like our vacation requests under his desk, uh, under his door, because we didn't want to actually give it to him because we knew we would get some snarls from the lion. Uh, lions expect... Uh, Don't expect everyone to want to do it your way again. Huh? Right. Everybody's got their own way of doing stuff. Don't assume, you know, everything. Uh, it's hard for lions to be coachable and teachable, but to me, that is a hiring requirement. If someone is not coachable, I don't want them on my team because they have gotten a fixed mindset, not a growth mindset. And so it's almost like they're dead because they're never going to get any better than this. So don't assume you know everything. Don't be so bossy. You intimidate others. You're like, well, Paul, how do I know if I'm too bossy? Well, you got to get feedback. Lions need to get feedback and then listen to the feedback without biting off the person's head and say, was I too abrupt with that last customer? And the person could be like, no, I would have been even more firm. Or yeah, that was a little edgy. And that's going to sort of give you a better gauge. Don't expect everyone to produce as you do, Lions. I mean, you are a high, you're the highest producing personality style. So I think of it sort of like light bulbs, that there are 100-watt bulbs and 70-watt bulbs and 40-watt bulbs, not in intelligence, but in capacity. And if you, since you're a 100-watt bulb, you can't expect someone with a 40-watt capacity to produce like you do because you'll just drown them. They'll get flooded. And then don't assume everyone wants your advice. Basically, people don't want unsolicited advice. (laughs) There's a book, uh, I think it's Michael... Vanier Stanier wrote a book called Stop Giving Advice. <laughs> I love the title, uh, because most people just want acceptance and compassion. They don't want advice. So it's like somebody comes, you know, calls in sick, and they're they're like, I'm not feeling well. And they just want empathy. And the person in the line is like, Have you taken your echinacea? Have you taken your vitamin C? Uh, have you, you know, done your neti pot? And it's like, I just wanted sympathy. I didn't want all that advice. So be sure you ask for permission before giving it. Okay, so lions, did that ring true for you? If you work or live with a lion, makes sense where they're coming from. You can help polish that diamond. Let's go with golden retrievers. Golden retrievers, please speak up and enter the conversation because you have a tendency to pull back and just think your thoughts. You're more introverted. You don't want the limelight, but we we do need to hear from you. Move into action with enthusiasm. In education, we used to call these folks reluctant dragons because we were always dragging them in to change efforts they never wanted to come with. So we called them dragons. Um, And so people wonder if you're a team player and you definitely are, but you're definitely not showing it. So um, you might want to give a little (laughs) woohoo when your boss says that we're going to do this change. Be willing to take a risk. I know even a different soda is a big risk for a golden retriever because you love your routines. It's exhilarating to move out of your comfort zone once in a while. You don't have to go too far, but I would stretch yourself a little bit. Uh, Do involve yourself in others' lives because you're very good one-on-one. You are wired to make a relational difference in the world. So we need you to do that. Trust your own abilities. You can beat yourself up in your head a lot. And then if you pull back, the whole team suffers. And I'll say that for all four styles. If you don't live out the best version of you and your strengths, the whole team suffers. Recognize, Goldens, that your tendency is toward laziness or comfort zone and realize how it affects others. I'm not calling you lazy. I'm just saying that it can come across that way and then people will feel like you're a wet blanket because you're not with us. John Maxwell used to share the uh, story. If you were on a softball team, and every time you hit the ball, you had to grab a guy uh, named Charlie by the hand and run around the bases with him. So you'd hit the ball, drag Charlie, hit the ball, drag Charlie. After a while, you just want to hit Charlie because he's holding you back. So don't be Charlie. Sorry if your name is Charlie. Uh, model of winner's attitude, Goldens. Well, uh, your attitude is one of the only things you can control. Remember, we started talking about the locus of control, that internal locus. I really believe you can control your attitude. You've heard that before. You can control your work ethic. You can control your maturity every day, whether or not you adult. Uh, You can control your priorities every day. But attitude is the core. Uh, Here's a practical one. Goldens, finish three projects you've started and set dates for the others. That's a super practical one. You might have an art room or a garage that is filled with unfinished projects. You just got to close the deal and pull the trigger on it. You're going to be, feel so much better that you're not storing that in your mental RAM. Some other do's for the golden. Learn some phrases to encourage others even more than you do now. Like, how do you close your conversations when you've left the coffee shop with someone? Or how do you end your emails? Like, bye oh yeah, it was just great. It's great working with you. Or, man, you are so intelligent. It's just, I love hanging out with you. You just take that to the next level. Show you really heard and do care. Um, which means you're going to have to respond because, again, you can just smile and nod a lot. Develop a plan to keep heading towards growth. Goldens can have a really kick in growth plan because you're very introspective. So it can reveal many areas to focus on. Communicate your feelings so people relate to you. I really believe transparency is attractive and it lowers walls. So when you open up about yourself, people bond to you even more than the other three styles. Love yourself for who you are. You're already good at condemning yourself, Goldens. Why do I know this? Because I are one, right? Um, You know, the old Jesus command, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, It's almost like there's two commands there, like love yourself first, and then you can love your neighbor. Focus on your strengths instead of your weaknesses, which isn't just what you're good at, by the way, but it's what you're passionate about. So you are an eight or a nine on many things, Goldens. And when I ask Goldens what their strengths are, they're like, oh, nothing. That's not true. You are really better than probably 10,000 people and a lot of things. If you focus on your weaknesses, it's going to make you feel weak. Maxwell tells the story of, you know, if you're like, well, I'll tell the story about me that I'm like a one in auto mechanic stuff. I lose my man card on that one. And, uh, if you were to take me under your wing and teach me a lot about what's under the hood, I could maybe get up to a four, but I don't really have the knack to be an auto mechanic. So I could keep focusing on that and feeling weak, or I really want to be a, uh, an eight or nine podcast host and coach coach and trainer and speaker. And if I keep focusing on that, I could become a 10 and people pay for tens, right? You want a 10 hairstylist, ladies, You want a 10 auto mechanic. You want a 10 server at the restaurant. You definitely want a 10 uh, surgeon operating on you. So focus on those strengths. Remember, it's only the first time, Goldens, that you do something that it's frightening. Next time, it will be easier because you're going to overcome yet another thing, and it's going to build more confidence, which is what you really need more of. Some don'ts for the Golden. Don't let resentment build up. It can come out as sarcasm in your one-liner humor also called passive aggressiveness. Yes, you don't want to be labeled that. It just sort of oozes out of the volcano, right? Instead of like dealing with something head on, you come in from the window or the side door. And uh, I know confronting is agony, but it does clear the air if you will just deal with that issue. Don't procrastinate and expect others to do your work. So a lot of people raise their hand when asked for volunteers and the golden keeps their hand down. I'm like oh looks like everybody's got it covered no you got to you got to cover um, your part of the deal don't always say i don't care golden's love to defer to other people so like where do you want to go on vacation i don't care what do you want for dinner i don't care what do you think we should do for team building i don't care you know and the person at the grocery store says paper or plastic and you say i don't care and they're looking at you like you got to decide so make the decision share your input and Goldens, don't be a wet blanket on other people's ideas. You got to be a little less Eeyore. We don't have money for this. We tried it before. And be a little bit more like Tigger, which is the uh, the otters. super levelish, or whatever he likes to say. Sort of as he bounds into the room. Just summon your inner Tigger, Golden Retrievers. I think I should get a t-shirt that says that. Summon your inner Tigger. Okay, so Golden Retrievers, does that make sense? And do you live or work with a gold retriever? All right, let's go on to the beavers. Beavers realize that life may not be quite as bad as it seems at the moment. You know, some people are glass half full people. Some are glass half empty people. The beavers are like just too much glass, just too big. Yeah, so you're gonna have to cheer up more and smile more. Remember I said like the lions, you frown in your resting uh, face. Um, and you're frowning probably because you're processing everything and you're planning everything. As soon as plans change, you're already like thinking, how's this going to affect this and this and my outfit and my time management and my systems. And, and while you're doing that, you're frowning. And then people wonder if you've, you're offended and you're like, no, I'm just planning. So you might have to smile more. Realize that perfectionism can cause procrastination. They call this the paralysis of analysis. So you study something to death and you just don't put it into gear. You know, years ago, I went to counseling for the first time while I had that principal job. And um, the counselor, after I told my story, said, Paul, you have performance orientation. You have PO. I sniffed my underarm and he said, no, not BO. You've got PO, performance orientation. I'm like, what is that? He's like, well, you feel like you have to keep earning your right to be on the planet every day like you are your performance. You're a human doing and not a human being. And I was like, wow, ouch. That was very true. And I've been working on that for years. So don't try strive for perfectionism, beaver. Strive for excellence. Ease up on your standards a bit for yourself and for others. You have to just dial that down a little bit or people feel that intensity and feel like they can never please you. Be less sensitive I have to have a little thicker skin. Remember, I said that I had that whole school full of lion teachers, and uh, that was hard for me. And so I had to get thicker skin uh, to work alongside them. Learn to meet others' needs and appreciate their differences. You know, it's not about me. We have to keep saying to ourselves, it's not about me. And we want it to be about us. And Our default would be, yes, it is about me, um, because we're very independent and autonomous but it's about others. It's about meeting others' needs and being service-oriented. That really is where all the fulfillment comes in life. Beavers, you might have to just lower your standards slightly. In fact, let me check that. Right-size your standards slightly to be more realistic. Because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be disappointed your whole life. Uh, It happens in marriage all the time. Like, I married Prince Charming or Sleeping Beauty and like They're not living up to that. It's like, no, you didn't marry that those ideal characters. You married who you did, and they have flaws. And so right-size your expectations, and then you won't be disappointed. Sometimes you have to even think worst-case scenario, and that's probably not going to happen. But all I'm saying is to just not have that pie-in-the-sky expectation that everybody's going to be perfect. Allow people room to be themselves. Because... Even your time management, and I know this because I'm a time management guy, it could suffocate other people because they just don't get why you've got so many schedules and lists and why everything's got a home. You know, all your papers have a home, all your clothes have a home in your house. And if people aren't wired that way, they just, they're just they just not going to get it. And they may feel oppressed by that or that you're becoming OCD. And we could become OCD as beavers. That is one of the tendencies Uh, where we make it too much about the system and not about the people. Speak up more. Remember, you're an introvert as well. So people are always wanting to say a penny for your thoughts. And when you do speak up, they go, whoa, like that was so profound. So it's great that you uh, wait and think before you speak. That is a pro for you. The con is if you never speak. So do speak up and share your wisdom. Believe in people. You've been let down by many people that have not followed your systems but still give people the benefit of the doubt when you don't know why they said or did something. Assume positive intent, and uh, you'll be less disappointed. Develop acceptance of others who aren't perfect, which of course is everyone, and everyone is to, is really wanting acceptance from them. You don't have to agree with them or approve. You do need to accept them. Express your feelings instead of closing down emotionally. I think we all need counseling when I do a live seminar, I say, look at your partner and say, you need counseling. And everybody just laughs a nervous laugh. Like, yeah, I don't have time, but uh, don't, don't shut down. Okay. Beavers, all these have a power play by the way. And the beaver's power play is to go into the cave and hope someone comes in after them and says, how are you? I'm sorry. Right. And then they think like, ha I won. No, no. Communicate your needs, talk things over rather than withdrawing. Okay. It would be better to over communicate. Than not communicate at all. Finally, some don'ts for the beavers. Don't allow an unforgiving spirit to alienate those who deeply care for you, okay? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. They're out skiing and you're just turning into this crotchety person. Don't do that, right? Let let them off the hook for your own sake and own health. Don't take everything personally and get hurt. I like to talk about the Q-tip principle, which is quit taking it personally. I don't hand those out anymore. I used to before COVID, (laughs) but now we get a shudder when we think of a Q-tip. But I still like the principle of quit taking it personally. Usually it's not about you. It's about your position. Uh, Don't make everyone play 20 questions to get an answer. Another power play of the beaver uh, is to say, I've got the information and it's a need to know basis and you don't need to know. Well, maybe they do need to know. Be transparent. Don't take life so seriously, beavers. You need to dance more. Maybe that's figurative. Maybe that's literal. To be more spontaneous, it's really hard. Don't expect everyone else to have lists and schedules. We can do a group hug uh, if we ever see each other live. I know, I don't get it either. But uh, (laughs) the other three styles don't have as many lists and schedules as we do. And then don't let your schedule from seeing and meeting others' needs. You're very high task. You need to bring up the high people side, and uh, you know how this really worked together is the person I developed this seminar with years ago that we used to work with at the church. She was an otter, I was a beaver. She'd come into my office, la 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 la, my weekend this, my daughter this, and I would just keep typing, like uh huh uh huh. I wouldn't even look at her, and we realized that wasn't working for us. So she had to say, like, "Is this a good time?" Uh, which was respectful of me, and I had to say. Sure, and then swivel my chair and give her eye contact and dive into her stories. So that's really how this plays out is we maximize the style we have and then we modify it for other people and we give them what they need. And it's going to make everyone happier in our workplaces and in our families to make that adjustment. So there we go. Lions, otters, golden retrievers, and beavers. You're a blend of all of them, but you have two that are primary and secondary that you default to in stress, things to dial up, things to dial down, and ways that we can communicate with the other styles that seem like it's wrong, but they're just different. And it's going to really help your personal leadership development. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something and don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. You don't want that. So be sure to talk about these personality styles with those people around you. If you have an event live or virtual for your team or organization, and you need an inspirational speaker who can give practical tools for raising the water level of your entire team, I would be honored to be considered. Let's start a convo. I'm at growingforwardatpaulcasey.org. Again, you can take that personality test over at growingforwardservices.net and give it to those in your family and on your team. Thank you for listening to episode 49. Please spread the word about this podcast to those in your circle of influence who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward.
0: Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.